0: For some unexplained set of reasons, I happen to be selected to be God. Because what I am is principle. There is no sky God. I do not claim to be the creators of all your worlds, but I am the creator of this world. I want to say one thing. Thank God for Jim Jones. Thank God for Jim Jones. You will not come to him that you might have life. The scriptures are death, but the spirit of Christ, hey, it's alive. I just don't want to pay like this, but I saw him Jones. I mean, I saw him with these eyes. He just walked through the door. I am the only fully socialist. I am the only fully God. So I'm now on the scene. I'm going to protect myself. I'm going to preach myself. I'm going to declare myself. Actually, I'm quite a very humble essence of being. I, I don't like to discuss my own work, but I have to tell you that the universe would not run without me. Yeah!
1: Welcome to Worldview Clash Class: People's Temple. The folks who joined People's Temple were joining a church, a religious group. Some may even call it a religious movement from its beginning. But no one could see the end from the beginning. Jones was described as dripping with charisma, and if you or I were to attend a service early on, we would not have possibly known what that church would become. The question is, when do you know? At what point do you start looking for signs, or do you look for them? People don't join cults. They join a church, a religious group, or a religious movement, but not a cult it isn't the sort of leap that gets you there at least not for most it's not even a full step it's a tiptoe a leaning but not typically a dive headfirst into cult membership we are this year 43 years distanced from the tragic end of people's temple we're going to spend a little bit of time unearthing the worldview behind people's temple what did it look like to attend a service what was the draw What would bring ordinary folks to commit their lives to this group? What did it feel like to be part of that time? We're gonna talk to some of the folks who were there and glean from their experience and insight. And we're going to do all of this, respecting the humanity and dignity of each person involved and the lives lost in the tragedy. That's right, despite what you and I think of the people who would join such a group, we need to keep in mind That there was just something about people's temple that was attractive, something beautiful, and none of us are immune to this. C.S. Lewis wrote about what he dubbed chronological snobbery. What's that? Chronological snobbery is an argument that the thinking, art, or science of an earlier time is inherently inferior to that of the present. Simply by virtue of its temporal priority, or belief that since civilization has advanced in certain areas, people of earlier periods were less intelligent. It's literally where you and I look back on an event and think that we're too smart to repeat it. Beside Jones's throne at the pavilion in Jonestown hung a reminder for us all. It read, Those who do not remember the past are condemned to repeat it. So as we begin this journey together, we need to keep something in mind. Everyone operates from a foundational premise. Everyone has a worldview. This is the lens through which we look on, weigh and judge situations and circumstances. And no one is neutral. We're going to look at the worldview of people's temple, and we're going to do that from a Christian worldview. We're going to look at several different aspects of people's temple's worldview. We're going to look at the view Jones taught on God, the Bible, humanity, heaven, and salvation. Looking from different aspects, we'll give all listeners, regardless of your own worldview, what People's Temple believed and why. Now, how do we know any of these things to be true of the group? Because we have lots and lots of recorded sermons. And as you listen through them one at a time, you'll begin to see themes being repeated again and again. And this is where we're getting all of this. But don't be neutral as you listen. As a matter of fact, you can't be. You must be engaged. No matter what you think of religion or of the Bible, you will be making decisions and judgments based on what you hear. So then, as you listen, pay attention to the words and to their ties back to what you know of the Bible and of that time period. A time where there was a lot of disagreement over the war in Vietnam. The new communist campaign in Vietnam continues. Just
0: after midnight their time, a band of Viet Cong raiders blew up a power installation and attacked two
1: police stations in Saigon. Thousands of demonstrators opposed to the Vietnam War assembled in the nation's capital for a mass protest. Our nation was at a turning point, and as more light was being shed on problems surrounding racism and poverty, these things together tilled the soil for People's Temple. we end this introductory episode with a recording of an earlier sermon of Jones, listen to his words. Listen to his fervor. And I ask you, weigh these things through your worldview and consider the worldview being presented to you. What's good? What's bad? Why? Now, don't just immediately toss everything out as insanity. Really listen and try to see for yourself what would be attractive from Jim Jones' message.
0: I find it incredible that in the 20th century, many religious groups are still preaching a fear gospel. When Jesus said he came to give life and life more abundantly, that we being evil in the natural realm knew how to do good, how much more our Heavenly Father knew how to do good, that he would not give a serpent for flesh, he would not give stone for bread. There's not one of you that would condemn someone into hell on the basis of a theological issue. But your heavenly father is much more expansive and much more loving than anything you've ever brought into your consciousness. Thus, if he admonishes us to forgive 70 times seven in one day, I am certain that forgiveness and restitution, reconciliation are his chief virtues and if ordinary human beings are then forgiving, certainly God incarnate is going to be that much more forgiving and loving. A religion whose central principle is fear cannot make the soul happy and does not bear the seal and impress of divinity Are the Christ teachings. In fact, it is an antichrist religion. Perfect love casts out fear. God's infinite life is love, and love is blessedness in itself. To consciously live in God, to share his life, to be made one with him, and thus be made a partaker of the divine nature, is to live in the order of our creation and to move in the element in which we were made to exist and to act, and out of which there is no real life and blessedness. Let it be remembered that happiness and health are most intimately, if not indissolubly associated. The man or woman who is happy not by transient gleams of spiritual sunshine, not by a casual gay surface coloring of his existence, but by a blessedness all through his being is not in the proper sense of the word disease. The radical idea of the term disease without ease is inconsistent with this state. Let us remember that life, blessedness, and health are one. He who is not blessed, he who is not living in love instead of fear, He who is not happy does not really live. He does not realize the full idea of what we call life. The wheels of life move if they move at all with friction and labor and effort. All action in the line of duty is an uphill exertion and not a spontaneous activity. An unhappy person, a fear-ridden person in the consciousness of ordinary religion today, cannot in the full sense of the word be a healthy person. Much of what physicians treat as physical disease is only a mental unhappiness. Much of it, according to the experts of today's research, is fostered by religion of a negative mortal nature. It follows from this that the best physician is he who blesses others, who makes other souls happy by the divine sunshine of his words and his presence. The sphere of his beneficent life is as contagious, peaceful, and undisturbed as the tranquility of the Christ. You know people are not reading scriptures today. They are reading as the word says, you, which are either dead epistles or as we are commanded to be living epistles read and known of all men. The Bibles that people read are the countenances of your own life, the character which you walk daily in the community, and the true character of Christ ministered to minds, mind's calms their fears, allays their anxieties, solves the doubts of human beings, quiets their forebodings, removes the gloom of despair, supplants their self-condemnation by a sense of pardon, and aims to pluck from the heart every rooted sorrow. Jesus came not to condemn, but to give life and life more abundantly. Such was Jesus the Anointed, who came to comfort those that mourn, to give them beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning, and the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness the good position after the manner of Jesus is a doctor or teacher. His first inquiry is not what ails the body, but what are the more real and interior needs of the solar psyche. By attending to the body alone, he would only work at the circumference of our being. By giving his attention to the mental and spiritual state, he begins the curative process at the center of our existence and according to an established law of divine order, works from within outward. The spiritual disturbance the mental abnormality has priority in time and is first in importance for the reason that in the mind is found the cause of all bodily changes we should then search for the spiritual symptoms first and look at temperature pulse and respiration physical symptoms afterwards the divinest and most christ-like person in human society should be the good physician he who from the overflowing stores of his own spiritual intelligence and goodness is governed by an irrepressible impulse to impart life, health, and peace to others. He and he alone is God's messenger, for God is love, God's prophet of good and inspired herald to announce and inaugurate the good time coming to the sorrowing and the suffering, to let him know the good news that the kingdom of heaven, the new Jerusalem, is coming down out of heaven as a bride adorned for her husband, prepared to wipe away the tears from the eyes, to remove death disease, and debilitating circumstances as we are seeing happening every day in people's temple. The dead have literally been brought back to life. Every crippling disease has been healed. Cancers are passed in every meeting before our eyes. Hundreds of young people are converted from aimless lives of drugs now to a point where they're using no negative habit of any kind. This life of consciousness of Christ and His presence will bring a redemptive attitude in our total relationship and the messenger of God will inaugurate good news that the time has come for the removal of suffering and sorrowing. The true messenger of God, the prophet of love and justice, racial integration, equality, brotherhood, follows more closely in the footsteps of Jesus the anointed, the divine human, than does he who clothes himself with the spirit of an imaginary priestly dignity to give his solemn sanction and official seal to a soul salvation. God is supremely happy because he is boundless, changeless, irrepressible and everlasting love but love is life and love in us is the life of god in the soul of man it is an exalted blessedness to lay the hand on the heart and feel it warm with the vital flame of heaven but it is a supreme bliss of the soul to be the organ of its communication to others we then become partakers of the infinite tranquility, the peace of God that passeth all understanding, and the soul in unruffled serenity floats on the waveless, stormless ocean of the immeasurable life of God. God is a principle incarnatable to any who will receive him. He can be reincarnatable by any human being of whatever race or socioeconomic income strata. God is no respecter of persons. His abundance is available. And that abundance can cause the mountains of obstacles and oppositions of mortal mind to be removed. We are seeing it happen. It's no longer speculation but real, real, real in people's temple and all of its missionary works that reach out into Africa, South America and our many extensions throughout the continents of the great United States. Yes, the actual presence of God, living in the life of God, letting Christ be in us our hope of glory. This so redemptive, that is actually bringing immortal life to bear in our meetings. We have had, as we said in our Mother Church, over 4,000 active participating ministries, members, constituents participating around the clock in our aged homes, our drug rehabilitation centers, our missionary work in the dormitories, the college educational programs, all the projects of missionary work too vast to even recall at this moment. The animal refuge shelters, 4,000 people working around the clock and we've not had a funeral in years oh yes the life of god comes to abolish sickness sin disease disease and death the final enemy will be conquered by this life principle so let us not live in the old superstitious realms the imaginary and the traditional realms of the old order living in death for is life and life more abundantly come and enjoy this supreme bliss of the soul and enjoy the stormless ocean of the immeasurable life of God that's present in even our day. There is, I am afraid, still a lurking suspicion in the human mind and has been in all ages that somehow disease is the result of the sin of our forebears. There are traditionary traces among most nations of a time when man was pure and holy and was consequently free from disease and life was greatly prolonged beyond its present term. We have scientific proof that life is continuing in the Andes and the Himalayas to 175 years, almost from the cradle to the grave, free of disease. So there is a place and plane of consciousness where we can live free from debilitating circumstances, and we can know absolutely under the new covenant or the Christ consciousness that sins are not visited from the parents to the children. Yet it shows still this reflection of disease, the interconnection of disease and life and sin, that there is in the mind of man an instinctive recognition of the principle that holiness...
1: Four things we need to keep in mind that stick out from Jones' sermons. Four things. We're going to follow the acronym SAID. S-A-I-D. Four things that are present in every one of Jones's sermons. Four things, and they are these. S, Scripture. Jones quotes the Bible all the time. Now Jones doesn't do like most preachers do and start with a biblical passage and expound upon it. Instead you'll notice again and again he uses biblical passages to support his points, to support the movement that he started. So you see scripture all over the place. It's very familiar and welcoming to those who grew up in the church. Second, the A, would be for authority. Jones speaks with authority, with power, with urgency. The way Jim Jones speaks, you can tell that what he is saying needs to be acted on immediately. He speaks as though God is directly speaking through him, and he captivates his audience. The I is for issues. Jim Jones spoke to the issues. Again and again, every one of his sermons you will see he continually lays into the issues of the day. Racism, poverty, social and economic structures that need to be fixed. He speaks about capitalism. He speaks about socialism. He speaks about communism. He speaks about racial integration. He speaks to the issues that his movement meant to fix to correct. He wants to address these things. And the last thing you'll see is D. D stands for the distinction. In every one of Jones's sermons, you see a distinction that he makes about the group, about people's temple, about himself, and about the movement. So he presents uh, the issues to you. And then after he presents the issue, he talks about how his group, his movement, his ideas are going to fix these things. He may talk about a particular church and say that church down the road does such and such, says such and such, but this church here, He may talk about, well, when you attended that church, they did this, but our church here, Jim Jones was intent on showing the distinction between People's Temple and all other religious movements. So look for these four things. Scripture, it's all over the place. Authority, the way Jim Jones speaks, the way that he drives his message home, issues, What he's speaking about, what he's pointing to, and distinction. The way Jim Jones preached that his ideology, his plan would correct everything. Look for this within these sermons as we listen. It will give us a lot of insight as to why people were motivated to join and stay part of people's temple. christian life church i'd like to give a special thanks to fielding mcgee who has been a great resource i also want to thank the jonestown institute for providing all of the audio clips that we have been able to look at together to get more content like this visit us on the web at clcwaverly.com that's c l c w a v e r l y dot com Come to World you Clash Class.
0: Their eye hath seen, their ear hath heard, their heart has been stirred. They have seen the emanation of the hundredfold God manifesting through this temple. And it triggers a faith in them, and it quickens their spirit, and it causes their mortal bodies to put on immortality.